Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning. This is Father Richard Kuntz along with Deacon John Foucault, who is filling in for Cindy Jennings. We're coming to you from the beautiful Diocese of Duluth on the shores of Lake Superior, and we are at St. James Catholic Church right now. And uh, good morning, Deacon John. Good to have you. Good morning, Father Rich. Good to be back with you. Thank you. you. You're a regular sub, but you haven't subbed for a while. It's been a few months since I've been here, yes. Okay, well, at least five or six, I'm okay, told. Okay, great. Well, it's, it's good to have you. And uh, why don't we start with a little bit of a prayer? Yes. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we ask you to send your Spirit upon us as we start a new edition of Real Presence Live. We pray for all of our guests, and we pray for mostly all of our listeners that they may truly be inspired by the show today to grow ever closer to Christ. We ask this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. How's your summer been, Deacon John? It's been very well. I mean, June is a little bit cold, off to a cold start, but uh, July and August have been wonderful. We had a lot of family at the lake for July 4th. As you know, you were up there, I think, uh, last summer we had you up after yes. we bantered on the radio a little bit yes. for that. Okay. Yep. Yes. And then uh, did a little bit of uh, vacation time out in Brainerd as well. Oh, cool. Went out for a few days out there. So The Brainerd Lakes area. That's a beautiful yes, part of beautiful. our diocese. Yes. Yes. Beautiful part. Well, good. How about yourself? Uh, it's... Uh, I've you're a little I, busy. I'm a little busy. I've had uh, not had much of a break, but I still get an opportunity to get a little R and R here and there. So, but it's it's good. We'll talk more about that a little bit later in the show. But let's get right to our first guest, Bishop yes. Daniel Felton of the beautiful Diocese of Duluth. Good morning, Bishop. Good. Good morning. I'm happy to be with you again. It's good to have you. How how's your week been so far? It's only Tuesday. My week has been uh, incredible, um, and so I. Uh, had the opportunity to be out and about uh, about many events um, at the end of last week into the weekend, and put on over a thousand miles on wow. my vehicle to to do that. Was down in Des Moines, one of our newly ordained priests, uh, Father Daniel Pammer, whose dad died unexpectedly, right, and yes. went down to be of support to him. And a lot of priests from our diocese and deacons and others came also to be of support to him. And then up to Rochester for the installation of Bishop Aaron. Um, back to Duluth, up to Ely to install a new pastor up there, Father Charlie. I uh, was at the mm-hmm. camp yesterday out in McGregor for Mass in the morning, uh, or on wow. Sunday morning, and then uh, back at the cathedral on Sunday night. So That's crazy. all of them great events, uh, all of them celebrating the Eucharist and Jesus, and it doesn't get better than that. Yeah, no, that's great. One of the um, uh, one of the things that you just mentioned that we um, uh, uh, just experienced, at least in the state of Minnesota, we've had a couple of new bishops appointed, and you were um, down for the one with Bishop Barron being installed in Winona. What was that like, Bishop? Um, it was just incredible as well. And so it was a nice gathering of bishops uh, from the region and, and broader. Um, Archbishop Gomez was in, obviously, from Los Angeles, as mm. Bishop Barron had been the auxiliary bishop uh, in that area. Um, Cardinal Subic was in from Chicago. Uh, Cardinal Harvey was in from Rome uh, on his July vacation. It was just before he was heading back. So, And just uh, a lot of people from the diocese itself and, of course, all of their priests and deacons. But uh, he preached both his... uh, 
evening prayer the night before and also the day of his installation and basically called the diocese to three different areas like Martha and like uh, Mary and their brother uh, that he just you know wanted the diocese to be a diocese that reaches out to the poor and the marginal. He wants the diocese to be centered in the Eucharist and he wants the diocese to be evangelizers. So we kind of laid that out. Uh, people were very excited about that, but we're just happy here in the state of Minnesota uh, to have another one of our dioceses that had been open. Uh, it's now filled. Yeah, and uh, as, with Bishop Barron, I'm sure it brings a little bit of uniqueness because of his notoriety. Yes. Right, right. And uh, I believe, uh, you know, that that he'll be taken into consideration where he is now and, and how that will impact uh, the uh Word on fire operations, right. um, but I think he's thinking through all of that at this time. Sure, sure. Did you have an opportunity to interact with him much? Yeah, I did. You know, and so uh, he and I have a, a an acquaintance that goes way back uh, to when he was a Baselin uh, out in Washington D.C. at Catholic University, um, and uh, kind of have seen each other in the in between. So. All of the bishops from our region, that would be Minnesota, North, and South Dakota, will be gathering here uh, at the end of August um, for three days uh, for some meetings, but just also an opportunity to spend some time with each other. And so traditionally, as the host on Friday afternoon, we go to a place of interest in that particular diocese. So Bishop Barron said for sure he wants to see Bob Dylan's house in Hibbing. Oh, <laughs> so we will be heading to any quoted Bob Dylan in his uh, homily. So we will be checking out uh, the world's largest above-ground mines in the world, and we will be checking out Bob Dylan's house on a field trip to Hibbing uh, on that particular uh, occasion. Very nice. Well, good. Very nice. No, I don't even think of that much of a... I forget about that part, yeah, yeah. yes. The mines are very cool. Yeah, yeah. Bob Dylan, yeah. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I even know if you can go that. in that. Is it a museum, Bishop? Do you know? Can you go no, in I, there? No, I, I think there's residents that live in the house. Yeah, so I think you're right. part of the homework that I need to do before uh, before we go is just to check out. Yes. Is it a matter of just standing across the streets and taking pictures? Or right. is there a local authority who is an expert on all things Bob Dylan in that area? So that's some of the homework I need to get to do. Right. I believe we have Bob Dylan Drive down here. We do. Like Michigan Street area or something. That's where right? a restaurant is on. Is yeah, on right. Right, Drive. right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Um, uh, so, you know, so now, Bishop, we have we had Bishop Barron, and now don't we have another one coming up here in two in St. Cloud? Yeah, yeah. So in, in uh, at least the state of Minnesota, there was the unique circumstance that over uh, a fairly short period of time, um, there will be a new bishop in every diocese except the Archdiocese of uh, St. Paul, Minneapolis. Um, and so I came here a little over a year ago in the Diocese of Duluth. Um, bishop Cousins went up uh, to Crookston and is their new bishop there. And that left three uh, dioceses in our uh, state of Minnesota waiting for a bishop. Um, and one of those three... Um, was Winona Rochester, and obviously, as we've been talking, um, Bishop Barron now has filled that seat. Um, and then also um, Bishop Chad Zelinsky, uh, who was up in Fairbanks, Alaska, uh, was named the new bishop of New Ulm. Oh, and New Ulm, so, okay. Yeah, so, for so now right. that, uh, that seat has been filled, um, and people are very excited there. Um, for a while... Uh, 
the Diocese of Duluth held the record for the longest period of time for an open fee, at least in our area, of 18 months, but they went 23 months uh, without a bishop. So they are elated to have a bishop on board. Um, and uh, Bishop Chad is, is uh, a unique uh, person. So his you know, uh, home diocese is in Michigan, but very early on in his priesthood, um, he became a military chaplain with the Air Force and spent a lot of that time at Air Force bases. bases. He uh, served abroad with the armed forces a couple of times uh, in war situations. Um, and then as an active military chaplain, the first ever, uh, was named to be the Bishop of Fairbanks. Um, so with his coming, uh, his first name is Chad, so there are a number of priests who are looking forward to using his name Chad in the Eucharistic <laughs> prayer. Um, but um, we're very excited that he is coming to New Alm. However, uh, with his coming, I'm going to lose all bragging rights uh, to yeah. the size of our Diocese of Duluth and to my traveling around. So I've just been telling people we have the largest diocese at 25,000-plus square miles uh, in the state of Minnesota, um, and that I had put on about 41,000, 42,000 miles um, last year. Um, however, uh, we're 25,000 square miles plus here in the Diocese of Duluth. The Diocese of Fairbanks is 400,000 square miles. Wow. Uh-oh. And um, in terms of the parishes that he had in the uh, Diocese of Fairbanks, only nine of them um, are, uh, you can reach by a road. The rest of them, you snowmobile in or you fly really? uh, into them. So, uh, so all my bragging rights uh, have ceased with the naming of Bishop Chad Zelensky to, uh, well, to New Alm. Bishop, you can brag when he's not around. I know what I, that's what I'll have to do, but if yeah, he's around, yeah. he'll just look at me, and I'm sure his eyebrows will go up to say, are you, are you serious? You're excited <laughs> about that? For, it's the largest um, diocese in the United States, and actually by land mass, the diocese would be 13% of the total acreage of the United States. It's that's a crazy. big, it's that a big is, diocese. About it. But, but, so that's Fairbanks. Anchorage has got to be somewhat close, I would think. Yes, it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, you know, and then, of course, we have a connection in our own diocese mm-hmm. of Duluth to the Archbishop of Anchorage, who's now retired, and that would be Bishop, Archbishop Schweitz. Right. Yeah. So he uh, left here to go there um, and is still doing very well and still very active. Um, so we have a lot of Duluth connections to Alaska as well, mm-hmm. as uh, Archbishop Schweitz um, was the uh, co consecrator for Bishop Zelensky. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, and so Schweitz is my ordaining uh, bishop. My understanding is that he's working in a parish up there, isn't he? Yeah, so he, he is very active uh, in uh, helping out in parishes, um, as we have many senior priests in our own diocese, and every diocese has senior priests that are helping out. So I actually called him when I was ordained a bishop here in Duluth to invite him to come. Um, he was very sorry he could not come, but he was filling in in three parishes that particular uh, same time that I was having my ordination. Now again, um, even though he is in his 80s, and we're not we're not talking about close. So he himself would be driving on some snowmobile, probably flying yeah. uh, into some of those places as well. Right. Wow! 
Yeah. Interesting. A little different reality. I mean, every diocese is so different. You, 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 we talk about Alaska, but then you look at a diocese like New York City, yes. and that's so much different than what we're even right. talking about. It's like, so every diocese has such, there's so many different opportunities of uniqueness in the church like yes. that. Yeah. Right. Well, even for Bishop uh, Zelensky uh, coming in from Fairbanks, 400,000 square miles, to New Holland, you know, I mean, anything in New Holland will be available to him. I'm sure when it's, somebody says, well, that's two or two and a half hours away, he'll just be like, wow, that's like next door. Uh, right, right. that's a short drive. Banks, that'll be a very short uh, drive. And being able to get to all of his parishes in a car right, uh, is right. another matter. So we're very excited to, to have him on board um, in our region, which would be Minnesota, North, and South Dakota, um, to our listeners that are out there. Now we're praying for the Diocese of St. Cloud, uh, right. which still remains uh, waiting a bishop. Um, they have uh, a retired bishop, or at least someone who gave his resignation at 75, which bishops do. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's going to be turning 78 uh, this fall sometime, and uh, Bishop Kettler is still waiting for the appointment of a new bishop there. But he's, so is, is uh, Kettler still the bishop? Even so at he still is the bishop there, right, okay. yes. All right. So All right. Uh, unlike New Ulm, um, who appointed an administrator, Monsignor Grams, um, St. Cloud, the bishop that was there, has continued to stay on until there is the appointment of a new bishop. Okay. So when is when is um, Bishop Zelensky's installation? September 27th. Okay. Um, right. And so uh, it'll be the end of September. He was also at Bishop Barron's um, installation, so it was nice to see him and to meet him. Um, and he's looking forward to coming on board um, at the end of September. Yeah, he'll probably have a light. He'll probably have a pretty easy winter compared to his normal winter. <laughs> yeah, I, would I would think, think so. I would think so exactly, yeah. or even even night and day and light and darkness and all of those things will be a readjustment for him. Yeah, and I, I think it's going to be hard for him to be able to find whale blubber uh, yeah. in the wall. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I hear New Orleans got good stories. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Bishop, how long was he in uh, Fairbanks? Or do you know? I think he was in the Fairbanks. Uh, diocese for seven or eight years. Okay, that's right. been quite a change. Um, and it would be quite a change. You know, part of the challenge of being in Fairbanks um, is just the toll on your body. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes, you know, it'll be six or seven hours on a snowmobile to get to a oh. parish um, in addition to flying and, and the roads up there, even when you're driving. If, if anybody's ever been up there on a vacation, they know that the roads are not the best either. Right. So. Um, it's a very, very challenging situation uh, to be in, and I've heard, uh, but don't quote me on this, um, even though I'm saying it on the radio, but I think Bishop Zelensky had had some back problems, which have been mm-hmm. accentuated, mm-hmm. and just is in that place now where he um, has served the people so well, um, but for his own health, it needs to get back to a place um, where it won't be as hard on his back to be right. able to travel to the people right. that he loves. We're uh, talking to Bishop Daniel Felton from the Diocese of Duluth, and we'll continue this conversation right after this very brief break. Stay with us. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.
Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com slash contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director of Riverview Place. I've worked my entire career in healthcare as a social worker in the hospital, skilled nursing, and hospice settings. I love my job. Not only do I get to work with a caring, dedicated team that displays human kindness to every resident, it's a privilege to offer seniors a lifestyle that reminds me of what it felt like to grow up in the small rural town of Buffalo, North Dakota. To join our faith-based community, call us today for a tour at 701-412-1952. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back and thank you for listening. My name is Father Richard Kuntz and I'm with Deacon John Foucault coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth and we're talking to Bishop Daniel Felton of our diocese. We are. We're having a great conversation and we're just recapping the bishops that are being relocated to Minnesota from the other locations they've been serving, such as Alaska and California, Los Angeles, Bishop Barron, and so forth. So, Bishop, we want to talk a little bit about what it looks like in the process of appointing the bishops, but as a lead into that, what's it look like and how does it work when bishops are being relocated or reassigned, uh, being installed versus being ordained? Can you yeah, give us so, a little bit of insight to that? Yeah, sure. Uh, first of all, on, on the last question that you just asked, so when I came uh, to the Diocese of Duluth, um, I came as Father Dan Felton, and so I needed to be ordained or consecrated a bishop. Um, and so that takes three bishops to be able to do that. Um, in my particular case, Bishop Bricken, Bishop Paprocki, and Archbishop Hebda were the folks who ordained me uh, to become a bishop. If you're already ordained a bishop, um, then you don't have another ordination. You have what's called an installation. And so because Bishop Barron is already a bishop, Bishop Zelensky is already a bishop, we had the installation of Bishop Barron last week, and at the end of September, we will have the installation of Bishop Zelensky. So, Bishop, what's a, what's a, you know, I've been to the ordinations, and yours was uh, beautiful, and uh, Bishop Serba's prior to that. What What's the difference in an installation versus the ordination for the listeners to kind of I hear the difference of the, the, the Mass and the celebration. 
Right, and, and, and so probably uh, some of the biggest uh, differences uh, would include um, there is a profession of faith and an oath of fidelity that are a part of the ritual um, for um, the ordaining of a priest to become a bishop. Um, there's also a prayer, a special prayer of ordination uh, to become a bishop, and that prayer is only prayed on that occasion in the rite that has been provided. There is the um, placing of the ring, the bishop's ring, upon his hand, the handing of the, of the crozier or the staff to him, the placing of the mitre, the bishop's hat, on his head. And so it really is, you know, the investiture of moving from being a priest to all of the things that you be and all of the things that you're going to need and do as a bishop are captured in the ritual. In an installation, um, probably the, the biggest moment would, would come um, when, after the Liturgy of the Word and preaching, um, there is a rite of prayer you know, over the person to be installed, the bishop to be installed, and then he is led by the Metropolitan, in this particular case, Archbishop Hebda, who kind of is the Archbishop for this region, and the Nuncio, who is the Pope's kind of ambassador to the United States, they lead uh, that person, like Bishop Barron, to the bishop's chair, the, the cathedra, and at that point then he becomes the bishop of that diocese. So going to his chair in the cathedral is really the the um, highlight of that particular ritual itself. So, Bishop, there's, there, I mean, this, it has long been the, the case where bishops get moved from one diocese to the other, but not without some debate, right? You know, I mean, I, I've heard, you know, people say, well, this shouldn't be done, you know, they shouldn't be moving from diocese to diocese because of the, the concept of marrying a diocese or the people of that diocese. Do you have any insight in regards to that, the practice of doing that or not doing that? Well, there was a situation where a bishop received a phone call that he was going to move um, and he had not been in that diocese all that long. Um, and the nuncio, the Pope's ambassador, the nuncio called and said that uh, the Pope wanted to move him to a different diocese. And he kind of pleaded with uh, the nuncio, you know, that, you know, he had just arrived, he had not been that many years in the diocese, and that he was kind of wedded to his people there um, and really wanted to remain there. To which the nuncio, you know, replied, "Oh, it's just a new address, but the same bride." So, in other words, uh-huh. the, the bride is the church, right? Mm-hmm. And so that doesn't change as you move from one uh, assignment to the next. It's just the place where you might embody that and shepherd uh, those particular people. But the, the process by which um, bishops are selected ultimately, we have to acknowledge uh, it's all the doings of the Holy Spirit. Um, there is a process that's in place. Um, I think the Spirit works in and through that process, but sometimes to conclusions that we could never have guessed at a time that we would never have anticipated. So technically speaking, every region, and again, that would be for our listeners right now, the region that we're in is Minnesota, North, and South Dakota. Um, But the region, uh, the bishops from that region gather and they create a slate of names that they think are people... Uh, priests who have the potential to be named a bishop. And ultimately, there are three names from that region um, that go to the nuncio in Washington, D.C., and probably people understand that more as an ambassador of the Pope, but the nuncio is the official representative of of the Pope uh, in the United States. 
he looks at that list of three names given to him by the bishops of that region, and then he can either select those three names or he can write his own names uh, as the three uh, names that would be forwarded, and then that goes to the Congregation of Bishops in Rome. They took a look at those three names, and they can forward to the Pope any one of those three names, or they can write their own names. And then that goes to the Pope, and he looks at the names that have been forwarded to him from the Congregation of Bishops, which was forwarded to them by the Nuncio, which was forwarded to them by the bishops of the region, the Pope can select one of those names, or he can select somebody that he wants. And, of course, with the names, it's a, they, the Pope gets a brief biography, obviously, of each yeah, of these Yeah, all the way guys. through, there's a whole lot of right. vetting right. that takes place. So this is not just a, a submitting of names, right. but this is a process that's very deep and wide uh, in terms of checking out backgrounds and information and vetting and doing all the very necessary things. That's why the process takes so long, mm-hmm. um, and th- it's never rushed. But as you can see along the way, um, there is a process that's in place, but there's a lot of room for the Holy Spirit to move uh, in and through that process, as is the case with Bishop Barron coming to um, Winona, Rochester, and Bishop Zelensky coming to the Diocese of New Ulm, um, somewhere along the line, and all of those things. Um, they may or may not have been on a list, I don't know. Right. Um, and then ultimately, though, uh, the Pope selected the two of them. Um, to be installed at bishops in new dioceses. And uh, so Bishop Zelensky actually comes as a bishop, and Bishop Barron comes to us as an auxiliary bishop. Yeah, uh, I, would, I, would think that that, I would think that that process differs a little bit for guys who are already ordained. There's probably like a, oh, obviously there's a much smaller selection of guys to choose right. from. <clears throat> so just know. for clarification, at the end when the Pope receives, he receives all of the names from the very beginning with no, the regional the three, bishops. The three. We would the last three. There's always three names. Just, oh, only just three always get forwarded. Okay, always that's three. what I was confused yeah. on. So just at the and, very and end, and the three names three. move from the beginning to the end, but the yeah. names of the three names can change yes. along the way okay. as well. And then the final three names that he's given, he can choose one of them, or he can choose uh, a person that he himself then uh, chooses. It, it's famously so called that, a turn. Yeah. A turn. Yeah. So, so you know, not to get real technical, but I think it just gives people an idea of the complexity, but also the intentionality of how someone finally is named a bishop, myself, from the Diocese of Green Bay, uh, Bishop uh, Zelinsky from Alaska, originally from Michigan, and uh, Bishop Barron as an auxiliary from Los Angeles, originally from Chicago. It just gives some sense of it's it's not uh, a haphazard project, uh, process. It's, it's very intentional, very deep and wide. Um, but the Holy Spirit has lots of room to move, and often does um, as a final selection. In the end, that's what we're trying to discern. Now, there's a there's a I don't know, was it called an apostolic secret? I think that's what it's called, where uh, the process itself is supposed to be kept very secret. But uh, but you know, I mean, uh, you know, the, the weird the word I hear is that you know the, these processes are taking longer and longer. At least finding new bishops because about half the guys turn it down, from my understanding. Well, I, I, I'm not sure about that, but yes. Um, I've, I've heard the same thing, because it's never disclosed if somebody does say no, that it was offered to them, and they're not in a position ever to tell people that right, it was. Right. So it's not so much a secret, there's a high level of confidentiality. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they do send out questionnaires to people um, in a, a, a diocese who know the particular candidate whose name is maybe being considered. But you're correct in the sense that when you receive that envelope, 
Um, I remember receiving one when I was a, a pastor, and I walked in, and the secretary was just like, you need to take this, and you need yeah. to get this off my desk right now. <laughs> right, right. And yeah. so on the outside of the letter, it, it says, you know, states that, you know, if, if the wrong person reads this, and if it is communicated publicly, um, that it could involve excommunication. Right. Well, yep. And so she's like, get this off my desk. Yep. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't want to see it. I don't want to even be around it. Um, and yet at the same time, um, information on folks is gathered, but it's at that level of, of intense confidentiality. Yeah. So the, the turndown would be at the very end when the Pope selects. If the nuncio, the nuncio calls, calls somebody. And someone says no. And yep. then, yeah. yeah. Could the process completely start over? Yes, then? it does. It starts over generally. Yeah, so the process generally the would end, start over, yes. Could there may be over. instances where, you know, the Pope has looked at some names and maybe another name uh, surfaces. But, but yeah, it, customarily, um, it would go back to the beginning of the, uh, of the process. Now, the number of people who say no, obviously, is is low, but you do, it has to be freely chosen. Um, but, but, but remember, when I got the phone call, you know, it, I, you know, the nuncio, the Pope's ambassador, a representative to the United States, called and said, you know, I said, hello, Father Dan speaking. And he said, this is Archbishop Pierre. Literally, this is how it went. This is, hello, Father Dan speaking. Uh, this is Archbishop Pierre. The Holy Father has called you to be the next uh, bishop of the Diocese of Duluth. Do you say yes to the Holy Father? <laughs> yeah. You know, I thought like it's not like we're going to chit-chat and then mm-hmm. uh, that you're going to have a whole lot of time to make a decision. Um, you can speak to your spiritual director. You can have a little bit of time to think about it if you request that. Uh, in my instance, in the moment, I was very much at peace and thought that's the Spirit speaking to me, and I said yes. So the number of guys that may say no, I think, is, is pretty low, but at the same time, there is that opportunity and possibility because you have to freely choose. Right. We're very happy you said yes, Bishop. Yes, we are. <laughs> I'm very happy. Yeah. I'm very happy and, and very honored uh, to, to be here in the Diocese of Duluth. Well, thank you for joining us on uh, Real Presence Live, Bishop, and uh, you have a good rest of your day. Great, and blessings to everybody who's listening on the rest of your day as well, and enjoy these dog days of summer, which has nothing to do with dogs, but the alignment <laughs> of stars. Exactly. All yeah, right. Thank you, Bishop. All right, thanks, Take Bishop. Take care. Blessings. Uh, After this brief break, we'll come right back with Straight Talk. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 